Welcome to There's an Elephant in Your Office. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And together, we're advancing the conversation about mental health in the workplace. Welcome back to another episode of There's an Elephant in Your Office. Today, we are so excited to share with you part two of our episode with Noelle and Janine. So let's get to it and jump in to coping mechanisms and more great things that they had to share. We hope you enjoy. My coping mechanisms, you know, to tell this and to be very transparent, um, my husband and I have always been looking for a really, really good therapy counselor um, for him and for me to understand how to be a better support system for him, right? I love yeah. that so much. I'm so yes. glad that you're yeah. doing that. Sidebar, so, sorry. So, you know, what's so funny <laughs> is that, so we, you know, one day in the summertime, like we were realizing, and I, I was realizing as we were home together more, you know, hey, you know, maybe it's time to look for a really good fit for, for you, for you, right? That was my focus for you. And then for me, yeah. And then, and, oh, yeah, and then for me <laughs> to kind of know, you know, how to help you. So that's, there's that mentality again, for me being there for other people, um, especially him, because I've learned how to balance life around that. Right. So all of a sudden okay. we start getting to these therapy sessions and I started noticing, and I'm still, you know, touch base with, I'm um, with once a week with her, um, that it slowly changed from the focus being how I support him to, Hey, I really need this right now. I really need to talk. I really need to tell you what I'm going through. I really need to tell you that I had a really horrible week or a really good week. You know, so I found that by, you know, him linking up with his own, you know, therapist and then me being supportive of him turned into really me needing this time. Um, and through that, she has helped me realize self-care. <laughs> so, you know, being somebody that's always pouring out to other people, I, you know, she, one of the things she asked me in my coping, you know, to tie back into coping is, what do you do for yourself? And I thought, well, you know, I, I play with my kids. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing this. She's like, no, what do you do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have I, an answer. I, You're like, uh, I go I to the know. grocery. I, guess, yeah. 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 Not for no, me. I know I go to the grocery store. I like going. And then we, we kind of figured, you know, I like being alone. That's my recharge. Um, and I almost felt guilty. Like, well, you know, is that okay as a mom to feel like I like to be alone? <laughs> but I think you, what you are preaching <laughs> to so many of us, because it's like, I finally collapsed on the couch and watching a terrible show. And now I feel guilty because yeah. I'm not being productive. Yeah. But yeah, dang it, it's okay. We are living through some really rough yeah. stuff. But Take part of that was also really quickly being me to be able to, to communicate that to my husband. So um, I used to, prior to her helping me realize about self-care, I would stay up at ridiculous hours of night binging Netflix just to, just to have that moment. And then I'd be upset with myself in the morning mm-hmm. because I'd be exhausted. Um, but that was my time. And then she's like, no, you have to communicate to him. Hey, I don't know how this looks right now. And we live in Buffalo, New York. So half of the winter, we're not going outside, right? Um, So it's like, I needed to learn how to communicate to him. Hey, you know what? I need about two hours to walk around Marshalls. (laughs) I need about, (laughs) I I need some time. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I had to learn how to communicate for myself because I was, 
um, what he was saying. He told me the other day, are you falling apart? And I'm like, no, I'm not falling apart. I'm actually liberated to communicate now that I'm not okay sometimes. Yeah, that's a that may be step. the best. Yeah, that may be the best thing you did all year was figure out how to say that. Because, gosh, I probably spent $5,000 <laughs> in therapy trying to get to that, too. <laughs> you know, I can absolutely relate to that so much. And for me, it's a little different because my husband is home with the kids during the day and I leave to the office to work. So the guilt of leaving and being away and him taking the full childcare responsibility during the day and then coming home, I know he needs a break. I know that's exhausting because I did it for half the year last year. Um, And then saying, well, I need alone time, but I've been gone all day, but work is not alone time. You know, I'm going as hard and fast as I can so I can get home to relieve him and be back up and see the kids, obviously. Um, but then where, you know, then I feel guilty for doing anything that's not family yes. related. Yet I also need that alone time to function and being able to say that and try to manage through the guilt is a whole new level of coping. Yeah. <laughs> kids like this because they would always because we're always so used to being with each other I said listen you know and I also explained to them because they're seeing me kind of break down right and they're my my younger son was coming to me and hugging me and I'm realizing that he's not only hugging me for me he's hugging me to make sure that he's okay so that that I'm okay and and I'm realizing that but I explained I said hey listen you know like you guys are in zoom with your classes and your ipad's dead I said, mommy's like an iPad. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, I, if I get to the point where my battery's dead, I got to plug into something to recharge and then I'll be much better for you and me and everybody else. If not, I just won't work and I will not function well. <laughs> um, so that this is parenting in 2021 <laughs> mommy's in low power mode. on <laughs> Exactly. Plug, plug me, me in. in. <laughs> Noel, I'm kind of curious. Um, just from, so I know we've got kind of the kid perspective, but how did your parents and how did you kind of handle the, cause I'm thinking about loneliness and isolation for you, for your husband, for your parents, did that have any bearing last year? Like, did that rear up? And Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) one of the things that made it, made it more challenging is that, that with the, the advanced Parkinson's disease, my mom, had put off like the um, the DBS surgery where they you know implant the little electrodes in your brain and and they have you have a stimulator that that is meant to kind of take place of some of the medication that they take um, and okay. she got to a point last summer where it was you know it was either you you try this now or the the window is closed. Um, so, you mm-hmm. know, we ended ha- up having to, to go through that with her during the, the pandemic, which, um, <laughs> made it a lot more challenging because, she, you know, they live kind of way out in the country and, um, she ended up having to go someplace that's like two hours away to have the surgery. And so it's really hard and complicated for my dad to walk, to be able to, you know, walk those, at, you know, in those places with her. Um, so, yeah. uh, my husband ended up doing, you know, most of that, t- taking her to the appointments and, and taking her, you know, for the, the surgery and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that, that made it really challenging on everybody 
especially you know with the, the the visiting restrictions and who could go with her and and how many people could be there to talk to the doctors about everything um so that you know alone would have been a lot to deal with um let alone trying to... <laughs> but it was 2020 so that wasn't oh, all not <laughs> wait there's more to do it during a, a pandemic was kind of insane um but you know in terms of like the, the loneliness and stuff that affected us more probably they're fairly um how do i say this not they're they're kind of hermits anyway so it, it, they were pretty okay. well equipped for it um <laughs> so it, you know the the isolation and, and that kind of stuff was mostly our our kind of burden to bear during all of this um but it did, you know, having them and having like fully being able to, you know, go see them and, and hang out with them and take care of them and, you know, do what they needed and, and not, you know, know that everybody was was isolating and and not having to worry about, um, you know, getting them sick was a big deal of why we were doing what we were doing in terms of staying online and stuff. Uh, and uh, Andrew's the one that she's supposed to help bring us back to making this all go to work what are we not asking what else do we need to talk about well I mean I think the truth is work and personal life are one right now I mean it's so blurry we can't I mean when we can't separate we can't physically have that routine where we get in the car and we go somewhere and we see people in a physically different place how can you not bring all of that to your role? And furthermore, shall I say, you never really could separate it. I mean, we all did our best, but the whole adage about you never know what somebody else is carrying is true because, you know, you with your, your parents, like that was true before, but, you know, going to a place and having those social interactions was part of how you made it work. Although it wasn't separate, it was still part of your whole being, you know, you could have a different outlet, you know, same for you with the kids. Like when you can physically leave, there is some space, but you're Mm -hmm. still bringing whatever happened that morning and who didn't want the red ball and want the blue ball. I mean, you're bringing all that (laughs) with you. (laughs) We're in there. Yep. Yeah. So I think, you know, in my role as, you know, an HR person, I really try to make sure that we're giving people the grace and empathy and, just to bring themselves and give them a space to focus. But I think we've all learned more than ever that that line was really imaginary Mm -hmm. to begin with. And so I'm fascinated to see how we reintegrate back into physical workplaces, assuming we do, you know, small businesses or, you know, small offices definitely will. I think we'll have a huge shift to some people never Mm -hmm. wanting to go back to an office because that works better for them. Um, but my hope is that we can have these conversations and be more real about the whole person that comes to work. And, you know, gone are the days of home is home and work is work, you know, that maybe that existed when people were more manufacturing. But as we have the more intellectual jobs and creative jobs, and it's just not the case anymore. Yeah, I, I think that, like, when you own a small business, you're, there's almost no line. Um, between personal life and and work life and I think it's kind of interesting that a, a lot more jobs have have sort of crossed that line into to being more like that over the past year mm-hmm. 
That's a tough one. And because of that, that's why, you know, we've got to work on our coping skills and we've got to remember how to take care of ourselves because so often we don't. And the way I'm going to pull this back into um, Amazing Mammoths, so many of us were holding on to so many external stressors, but still balancing on that ball and being able to do our job and work. And now that we've had this whole Mm -hmm. year of just upheaval, there are going to be people who can find their way back and there are going to be people who get stuck in that process of trying to adjust to whatever their new reality is. And so for our uh, HR and our business folks and our leaders, you know, please pay attention to your people. And if somebody is stuck, kind of what we say in the book is let them know what resources exist. Don't just say, oh, go use the EAP, hand them a paper with the phone number on it or say, hey, come in here and I'll dial it and then leave and you talk to them. So that's what I want to kind of encourage all of our leaders to do is everybody's struggling, but the ones who don't seem to be making any forward progress, Mm -hmm. don't let them drown. Hand them, I guess, the equivalent of an EAP buoy, maybe. Well, that (laughs) that is, yeah, I mean. (laughs) Honestly, the imagery that came to mind when you were saying that is like 2020 came and popped the ball we were all standing on. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, get a new ball. What does that new ball look like? Because there is no normal we're returning to. And if people can take a moment to say, what do I want it to look like? What do I want my experience to be? How can I make it work better for my life? And managers, leaders, business owners have to, you know, be a little bit more flexible to say, Maybe your day looks different. Maybe you do work from home one day or two days a week. Maybe you do shift your hours to accommodate the drop-off or your parents' appointments or your own mental health appointment that you've now been using for a year that's really working for you. And just being open to shifting and not being so concrete about an eight to five in a physical place being the only way we can do work. Um, You know, maybe you keep your online store and you, you know, open the shop back again. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are just so many ways. I think now it's time to be creative and don't limit ourselves with these invisible rules about what work has to be and management has to be. But how does it work for the humans that we are? And we know that it's more than just, well, childcare is your problem. You need to be Mm -hmm. here at 8 a.m. Figure it out. Um, we've all collectively realized childcare is all of our problem because the world yeah. shut down. When it's it's interesting you say that. I, I, I saw a whole different side of the leadership in our uh, of the firm that I work for. And it's interesting because the, the reason I've been there so long is because they've always been very flexible. Um, and, and what ended up happening was, um, and that's why I think they'll be really open to this whole idea of the elephant in the office, is because... What ended up slowly happening is, say, for instance, March came, April came, maybe April, May, June, um, the two partners in the firm started to reach out and say, you know, we're going to be giving everybody a call. So um, one of them, you know, would call and he'd say, okay, here's the deal. I got 10 questions for you. And you're like, oh, gosh, 10 questions. And, um, you know, and. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. From my boss. From right? my boss. And one of them was like, how are, you know, how are you doing? Who are you talking to? Um, like, how are you coping? How do you feel about the vaccine? Um, so all of these things, right? They're gathering this information. And then at the end of our conversation, he, you know, he said a couple things to me and he's like, you know, so um, 
is there anything that you need from us? And I thought, I just told him, I said, you know, you're doing the best that you can as an owner of a firm of 50 plus more people by just even asking me that. And you're asking me it. And then you're also giving me flexibility because somehow now you understand that this is really difficult. And even to this day, like he's like this big advocate of, you know, I believe that those that, you know, it affects everybody. And then obviously you working from home with kids and, you know, and, and, and I've seen this new empathy come out and that in turn makes me want to be more empathetic with the team members that I work with to say, well, what are they going through today? I mean, I know we have a deadline tomorrow, but maybe their week looked like this because of, you know, these circumstances. Um, so, I mean, I, I saw that and I know that's not everybody's situation. And on, on, on the flip side of that, as small business owners, again, my husband operates a business, but I also feel like I have ownership in that. Yeah. Um, we're able to turn that around to his, um, well, the, con- the, con- the contractors that we call them independent contractors, because they're not really employees that work under him to say, what does that look like for you, you know, or what he's discussing with his clients. So it's starting these conversations going about mental health. And, and really, I mean, what my boss was asking me was, how's my mental health? Now, he didn't want to come out and tell me, how is your mental health? I don't know if he knew that's what he was asking, but he was checking in, you know, and, and that was important from an employer standpoint of view, um, as somebody that was, was balancing or trying my best to balance everything at that moment. And, and not all of it is bad. I mean, I'm really thankful to be able to work from home. There are so many blessings in that. Um, part of me just wishes that I had more time to allocate to either which one to get you to that invisible level of feeling like you're performing at your best. And that's the struggle. Like, I feel like I'm always trying to fetch that performance to say, well, I feel like really good. I'm giving my kids this and I'm giving my husband this. I'm giving, you know, our business this and my work this, but it never really quite gets that level where you feel that like check in your satisfaction of, I did a great job today, (laughs) you know? Um, so those, so those, yeah. So those yeah, not have at to all come down things. to more realistic levels now of saying, I, I did this okay today and I'm proud of myself and maybe tomorrow will be a better day. And hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll uh, handle this a little better. So you're, it's like self-evaluating. And with that, ladies, I think we're going to call this an episode. Thank you so much for making time to talk to us about gosh, life and COVID and 2020 and how you managed to make it through and, you know, kind of your hopes for the future. I think we could say that we've all learned that there isn't and never really was a line between personal and professional because we bring our whole selves to everything that we do. And as we try to get back out into the world, let's try and remember that transitions take time and they look different for every person. Patience is key. And if you spot some amazing elephants who are having trouble adjusting, talk to them. Don't be afraid to start a conversation, especially when you have their best interests at heart. So remember to check out the work that these ladies are doing, their store, and also the barbershop, and the new initiative that Janine is working on for ladies in the Buffalo, New York area. And be sure to check out Andrea and I, our website, there's an elephant in your office.com. You can buy the book there and learn more. You can listen to more of the podcasts, and hopefully you'll stick around and come back for our next episode. So thanks, everybody have a great day.